Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut episode of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I am with my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. Hey. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We are super excited to begin this journey with you guys. Um, as many of you or very few of you may know, I had a YouTube channel back in the heyday of YouTube uh, when the gaming community was alive and thriving. I would say things have drastically changed, but my YouTube handle was RELewis2011, and I've kind of decided to make a change uh, and kind of transition from the YouTube space to the podcast space. Um, ever since listening to All Gen Gamers uh, back when they first started their podcast, I always wanted to um, you know, do a podcast of my own, but I never really had the means to do so. And now, I, fortunately, I do. Um, but kind of maybe taking a step back when I started YouTube, um, I never actually had any intentions of doing so. Uh, my Twitter handle should be pretty evident of that, Lewis 2011 It was just my initials, and then the year I was going to graduate high school, um, and I honestly only created my YouTube account so I could um, comment on other people's videos, most specifically TV and Lust Craig, one of my favorite YouTubers. Um, he has since closed his channel probably for similar reasons, but um, him and FinGamer uh, were two people that I took great interest in in their YouTube channels because I was looking to collect for the Nintendo DS back in the day. And I'd recently, at the time, reacquired an N64 and was just looking for some some games to kind of get me back into um, playing those systems. And I guess for the DS, um, no better people to, to watch videos of at the time than Craig, uh, the DS aficionado himself. And FinGamer has a pretty robust um, DS collection as well. But his N64 collection is uh, actually complete. He has a complete um, N64 collection. So... That's kind of my history from YouTube. I, you know, got into the community then, and when I was watching their videos, as well as um, Pete Dore, I just wanted to start making videos of my own. And so, back in June of 2010, I released my first video. I believe it was the Dragon Ball Origins 2 unboxing for the Nintendo DS. So, good times, embarrassing times. Please do not go back and watch those. Um, I encourage you. It's rough. Yeah, spare it's yourself. Very rough. It's pretty bad, but... Uh, if you want some entertainment, uh, some cringe-worthy entertainment, it's very cringy. Definitely <laughs> go back and watch some of those ridiculous videos. But today we start a new journey, doing something completely different. Um, Ryan and I, we've been talking about it for quite some time, and um, the podcast is basically going to be focused around video games um, and kind of our love for the hobby and our passion for the industry, what's going on today, but even um, kind of taking a, you know, a look back at some of our favorite games uh, growing up and um, you know the early 2000s and the 90s and stuff like that. So we're super excited about it. We hope that you know you guys out there listening um, will kind of hop on board and, and you know listen with us. So we're, we're super pumped about it. But without further ado, let's kind of get started. We have a nice agenda tonight um, talking about our top 10 games of all time later. But before we do that, I want to ask you, Ryan, why don't you tell the listeners how you got started playing video games, 
maybe your first experience playing and when you kind of got an idea that you know you'd fall in love with this this hobby all right so back before uh, my prime <laughs> i was a chubby little kid oh boy and i was single from uh, probably 70 80 percent of my life so i had to i didn't start dating until i was 22 and i met your sister so you know yeah you're, well you're doing all right yeah it's not quite yeah it wasn't quite that bad but uh one of my best friends back in middle school we he was really sick from allergies on recess so we didn't go out for most of the spring season Mm -hmm. so i stayed in with him and i played lord of the rings return of the king on game boy advance classic it is yeah um a few other ones that were peppered in there this wasn't with him because he was a normal kid. Lauren really liked Barbie Pet Rescue, so I have to. <laughs> what a gem! So I have to admit, I uh, beat that one on a road trip, and then um, 101 Dalmatians on Game Boy Color. We still have that, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good one. Um, Corella was rough. As, <laughs> as spoiler, she's the final boss. Oh wow! For both the. Uh, the pure white dog and the regular dog. So if you go back and get a Game Boy Color. It's oh, it's a hot commodity these days. Everyone's you know searching for 101 Dalmatians on the Game Boy Color. Yeah, the batteries die though, the, yeah, within the cartridges, which is rough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lord of the Rings was really kind of where I started out. And that kind of seeing how this game played and the looter kind of pushed me towards mm-hmm. most of my favorite games today. Yeah. No, those games are a lot of fun. I, um, I have... Two Towers and Return of the King on GBA, and they're like almost top-down Diablo-like uh, clones where you kind of just, um, like you were saying, go through different dungeons and get new loot, and even playing along um, the storyline of the movies too. So yeah, um, those are fun games. Legolas is all of like six pixels. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's not the Orlando Be- or Bloom. Bloom beauty that you see on the movies. But That's true. Those pixels long are well shaded. Locks don't come in as crisp. <laughs> um, no, that's yeah. good stuff. Good what stuff. about you? Um, so for me, um, kind of dates back to when I was as early as I can like recollect memories. I remember in our guest bedroom at our first house, my dad had uh, an original Nintendo, and I can only remember playing a handful of games: Tecmo Super Bowl, um, Golf, like the game was just literally called Golf, and Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. Um, those were like Duck the three, Hunt. yeah, nice. those were, like the three <laughs> games that I remember most fondly playing, uh, not even so much with him, but I would kind of just, oh, in Golden Tee Golf, or not Golden Tee Golf, or no, I, I'm repeating myself, I already said golf. You said golf yeah. just as golf. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that was it. So, I remember playing those three games, and I wouldn't say, like, I had a great appreciation for the games by any stretch of the imagination, but I did enjoy going up there, kind of sneaking up there every now and again and playing them, but it wasn't until um, Christmas, I want to say... I want to say 96, but I would have only been three, and I feel like that would have been too young. Hey, um, you got to start young. <laughs> no, but I don't think it was that young. But in any case, I got the teal Game Boy Color with a copy of Pokemon Red. My sister got the Strawberry Kiwi Game Boy Color with a Pokemon, uh, copy of Pokemon Blue. And so that was kind of my first memories of you know getting my own console that I could call my own and really diving deep into this game. Although, oddly enough, it took me at least a week and I was so frustrated, tears were shed, I wasn't able to get out of my room. You know, like you start and the you know the the Pallet Town music is playing. I was hoping that was real life and not the <laughs> within blue version. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't that embarrassing. To yeah, I couldn't figure out how to get in my room because I was playing so much. No. Is what I was hoping that I mean was. eventually it got to that point, but yeah. no, so 
you know, because you're in that little square box, and I just was like, wow, I'm supposed to be collecting all these like little pocket monsters and exploring the wild or whatever, but I couldn't figure out that there were stairs that I needed to go, de- to go down. The first part's a sleep simulator. You have to figure out how to go through REM cycles first, <laughs> and then you get a Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, so it took me a while to kind of figure that out, but once I did, um, I think I'd almost just flash forward to, like, similar to you, being on the playground and just trading Pokemon with my friends with, like, a link cable and everything. Like, that was just an oh, absolute craze. And yeah. I think it's funny because now kids in high school had that Pokemon Go, like, just, you know... They walk off bridges. No, and... <laughs> well, like, that, like, blew their mind at the time. It was, like, this, you know, cr- absolute craze um, yeah. that people were playing Pokemon Go. But for us, you know, in early, um, you know, like, at middle school and... What's before middle school? Uh, elementary elementary school. school. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were... Those the... grades we, like, try to tone <laughs> out in our mind. Brute, do the psychology But no, balls. but, like, back then, you know... Being on the playground and talking about, you know, oh, we have to go through the safari zone to, you know, get these different Pokemon and all this. Surf was such a hard that HM was to get. Stupid. It was stupid. And then the very end, and then your steps ran out. Yeah, but, yeah, that was ridiculous. But being at that time, being able to live that and experience playing Pokemon when it was first initially released with the cartoon and the game was something I'll never forget. So that was what kind of solidified my love of video games and really got me into the hobby and i'm so thankful that you know we were able to kind of live through that time um yeah so yeah that's that's kind of my my first experience playing video games all right so with that out of the way we are going to dig into our top 10 video games of all time of course need to preface this by saying that we're not ranking these as the top 10 greatest video games of all time like this isn't the definitive needs to go in the um, video game museum. Yeah, um, these are very biased answers. Yeah, these are completely subjective, our own personal lists. Ryan and I both created our own individual lists, so just wanted to kind of preface this conversation by putting that out there. You can rage, though. If, yeah. If, if there are comments to this or however yeah. that works, yeah. you can get angry. We definitely um, have a Gmail that you can write into, so we're going to be taking listener feedback and questions for future episodes. PG, so. though. Yeah, yeah, PG rated. We'll, we'll plug that at the end of the show, but we're going to go ahead and get into our top 10 <laughs> games of all time. Uh, maybe in a later episode, we'll kind of do some honorable mentions, but um, my number 10 game of all time, I do not think this is one you've played from the N64 era. You know, being a 90s kid, I grew up with the, the great console that was the n64 and my number 10 is rares perfect dark so this is kind of the successor to goldeneye everyone knows that goldeneye was one of the greatest licensed first person shooters that debuted on the n64 mm-hmm. lots of people loved it for the you know this four player split screen um multiplayer but it it just it kills me that so few people mention Perfect Dark when you talk about great co-op games um, and multiplayer games in the N64 because this was superior to Golden GoldenEye in every sense of the word and really in every facet of the game. From the single-player campaign, um, playing as Joy in the Dark, you could play through the entire campaign co-op with a friend, which was really um, kind of surreal for the time. And what really, you know, I would say speaking for the campaign alone, this would be like a top 30 game for me. But the multiplayer in this game is just absolutely bonkers, crazy fun. And I lost, I, I wager like 
probably hundreds of hours playing this with my friends growing up. Like it what was a nerd. It was insane. <laughs> because what was so crazy at the time is that you couldn't do in Goldeneye was you could have bots. And I love having that in like shooter games when you can set up bots um, to like, play. Like other like computer, computer players, computer control so kind bots. of so like you and your buddy battlefront when you could play against exactly. Like those. So you and your buddy yeah. could you know uh, it was called combat simulators. So you could basically um, tailor the the map, the the guns, and oh my gosh, the guns! I needed to talk about the guns. The guns <laughs> in the game are so good. It's all but, about the guns. But you could tailor the the match to your liking. So you could customize the the bots. You could have crazy different bots. You could have like. Um, Venge Sim, so if you killed him, he would like come back after you. After you, you could have like Easy Sim, Meat Sim, so like a Meat, meat. Sim. Meat Sim would be <laughs> meat like. Sim? Would be like. Basically, do you, do you get to like the rarity of the meat? <laughs> yeah, sim, like or? you know. Yeah, exactly. No, but you could you know customize the simulants. You could customize the guns, the layout of the level, and everything like that. And that was just unheard of at the time. And even apart it's from like that, like a big cartridge. It, oh, it was insane. Well, you needed the expansion pack to play this. It wasn't, you know, they weren't wow. mess, they weren't That's messing around fancy. back in the day. But what was cr- even crazier about the game is you started out, you were like Joanna Dark on this computer, and from here you either play, you selected from the menu screen a single player co-op combat simulator, whatever you want to do, or, <laughs> or you could press B and you could search the villa that the game took place in, and you could go around this giant like futuristic mansion and explore it there was like a shooting range where you could go and like test out all of your different guns it was insane for the time that this game came out which i think came out like 2000 um yeah. it was a late in 64 release but it was wild um but one quick thing before i transition to year number 10 i want to talk about the gun selection in this game i have not played a game to this day maybe ratchet and clank that has in any way come close to what is the word I'm looking for here? Clever, um, the uniqueness to the weapon. You layouts. never played Resistance, though. You still have to play that one, where they have really unique guns. Yeah, and they probably do, but I don't know <laughs> if it would come close yeah. to Perfect Dark, okay? Because there was a game, or there was a gun called the Farsight. It was this giant, like sniper rifle, teal, white-looking gun. The tealness makes it. Oh, it really does. But it, oh my gosh, the sound that it made when you shot it—it it was just like. Like, it, it, like, really, like, awesome, okay? And to reload it, you would, like, put orbs at the top, and it would, like, absorb into the gun. And it would also make a really neat I sound. I love the osmosis orbs. It really <laughs> was. To make the pew sound. But what really go, it puts it over the top is that you could see through walls and shoot people, like, um, x-ray vision. Ooh. So, like, and it would automatically, you know, scope into the nearest person, and you would just, like, just, just wreck havoc and just take people out with this gun. So that's just one of many. There was a laptop gun where literally you could throw it on the wall and it would like open up like a laptop turret and just like mow people down. I mean, this game is just insane for the time that it came out. So yeah, that's... anyone that loves first-person shooters, the N64, or you missed out, you're from an older generation um, or a younger generation, Perfect Dark is a masterpiece of a game, and that's why it makes number 10 on my list. So. I ran too long enough about Perfect Dark yeah, wow. and, and weapons, but go ahead. What was your number 10 game? Okay, so I just changed my list <laughs> like midway through our intro. Mm-hmm. Um, so honorable mention to Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original one, not the new one. Yep, yep. Um, I think I could pretty much just leave it as Moss Eisley yeah. and drop it there. Yeah. Um, no but doubt. I think 
playing the split screen is kind of what games nowadays are losing. So Totally agree. I made a spreadsheet on this same thing that I'm looking at right now, and calculating it out, it, it would take me 5,000 hours to complete every gun and maximize my character to shoot as a droid the best way to the new battlefront yeah the new battlefront yeah yeah it's stupid before you could just shoot a few times with your gun you upgrade your gun and get like a cooler yeah i think on the assault class it went from like a blue laser to a pink laser Mm -hmm. and it was a more powerful pink laser yeah um but i think we lost a lot of that kind of sitting in the same room as your people and it's going all online yeah it sucks for sure freaking halo yeah halo 5 we went to play that campaign, yeah. and it didn't have split screen, so we our night was ruined. Yeah, I don't. You can't play those games in any other way. It's legendary split screen co op. Yeah, with unhealthy snacks, you got like <laughs> flaming hot Cheetos yeah. and Gatorade, maybe a Red Bull or Monster Monsters. Yeah, or like a concoction of all of them. <laughs> yeah, not the Cheetos, but like the Red Bull and yeah. Monster at those the same. Those are disintegrating Monster. They <laughs> <laughs> you, you burn through a car battery with yeah. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but to my real top ten, um, so I added Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the well. It's really simplistic. Mm-hmm. So you go in there, you have nothing, and the stakes are you don't know what the stakes are. There's wood. You just start punching trees because <laughs> that's what you do in real life to get wood. Um, and then all of a sudden, you just hear growling because the sun's going down because you've been exploring all day and. Um, yeah, I really like that. I died a lot. Um, I used to watch Minecraft. I think that was actually your stomach growling because you hadn't eaten in like 15 hours because you hadn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then they added food on that patch. So it came out the when they when I think it was Microsoft bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they released it on the same day that Skyrim was released. If Did that's they really? yeah, it was September 11th, 2011. Yeah, I remember that. Going too. way back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I already had Minecraft, so I was set, so I just had to deal with Skyrim. Um, but yeah, I used to watch the Minecraft channel, which was like Good, Ethos Lab, um, B-double-O. You're like speaking a different language right now, I have no idea. That's, you, you rattled off YouTube names at the beginning <laughs> of this, don't give me that crap. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm just like, oh yeah, those people have no, yeah. What do you mean you never heard of Pete Dorr? That guy's a legend. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, B-double-O, he, uh. He was really into the complex designs of these buildings, and I was just sitting there, just throwing dirt together in a cube, trying to survive. Um, but I really like the engineering side of it. Mm-hmm. I could never get into the wiring of. There was redstone, which was equivalent of like electrical wires, which was more of Ethos thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just like chucking blocks together and surviving. And yeah. it was also kind of getting into the grind of things. So yeah. you had to grind out the resources, like punching down a bunch of trees. Yeah. And eventually get an axe and it makes it faster. But coming home from school, which I, I was like high school that time, and starting college, you, you come home, you just want something mindless. Yeah, and for sure. Mining through the ground for an hour and a half looking for some shiny rocks is. Yeah. Instead of doing like calculus homework, which, yeah. which one sounds better? Do you yeah, want to punch a bunch of trees, yeah, or do you want to do calculus? So. And I think that kind of goes back to why we enjoy the hobby so much is just that escapist reality or mindset. Oh, for sure. You know, like I mean, I know there's a game, especially my, my number three game, where it's just like you want to get lost in that world, and Minecraft is that. For me, I never really got in, um, into Minecraft because there's some games where I, I mean, I, I love playing The Sims, and I guess that counts too. But like most games that I play, it's like I want an end game. I want 
to like yeah. go towards and accomplish something. But for you, it's like, oh no, but I created this giant palace and it looks awesome. Yeah. Which, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? It's, it's the end. The end game is your imagination. Yeah. Wherever your imagination, you might not be creative, Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. Whatever. Poke jabs, but. Yeah. Yeah, wherever your imagination stops, yeah. or wherever you lose that inspiration, kind of like art. Yeah, it kind of combined the more technical, like three D kind of engineering side, and then also the art side. Mm -hmm. And wherever you stopped thinking of some, this would look cool, or what if I tried this, is where your buildings went to. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Back to you. What about your number nine? So my number nine, I had to, if anyone's followed me for any amount of time, I cannot have a top ten video game list without showing my Lord of the Rings some love. Okay? Okay. okay. So a game, I and I maybe should take a step back, I love real-time strategy games, but unfortunately I've never really had a PC to be able to play games like StarCraft II and even Age of Empires and things like that. But back in the day, I did have a PC game that fortunately worked on my PC that I fell in love with called Empire Earth. And it was like this strategy game where you started in the Stone Ages and you craft the resources and stuff. You eventually made it to like the sign up cyber age and you were like robots and stuff like that. And you would just take yes. out other. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. I, I, you yeah. know, I need to download it, see if I can find it on like GOG.com and stuff like that. But coming back to my number nine, when I found out that Lord of the Rings had a real time strategy game, not only was it coming to PC, but it was coming to the Xbox 360. I lost my mind, I, you know, and I immediately rented it. My buddy and I, my buddy eventually bought it because at the time I didn't have a 360 and I just fell in love with it. I've since purchased a copy for myself, but it was so unique. And the first game I actually had on PC as well, but it ran horribly because my, my computer couldn't really play it, but I still... Yeah, computers were rough back then. I, I continued to slog through the first game. But what was so unique about these games is that they have a good and evil campaign. So mm -hmm. the good campaign, clearly you destroy the ring, but the ba bad campaign is Sauron gets the ring back and you just wipe out all of, you know, you know humanity, elves, Which is dwarves. cool too. Yeah, so it was so cool to see yeah. that um, juxtaposition of, of campaigns that you could play. And I, I love that. I played both good and campaigns, good and bad, um, multiple times. But what really sells the game for me, it's similar to Perfect Dark with doing the combat simulator and kind of creating your own fun, was skirmishes. So you could basically, from the ground up, create the battle that you wanted. And so what I love doing, one of my favorite mindless things to do when I come home from work, whatever, and I just want to kind of turn my brain off or listen to a podcast and play a game, you can go to Helm's Deep, and you can either be the elves or, I mean, whoever you want to be. Um, but I always select the elves, and I line, I close the gate, and I line the wall up with archers, and I'll have three... Um, you know, legions of other bad people that I'm going against. And it's like the Orakai, goblins, and like orcs. Okay. And I make sure that they're all in the same team so that they're all coming at Helm's Deep. And it's basically recreating the final battle in the two towers. That'd be really cool. And so you just eventually, you know, you upgrade that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of our golfing trip where it started raining. <laughs> And we had like a like a what a rum and coke, and we just yeah. started making the urukai sound. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, so we should probably take it. Let's, okay, we're beginning so off track here, but I love that. So <laughs> we it started to rain. We were golfing. We got a little buzzed, and I was <laughs> I was watching him. I was watching Two Towers yesterday, and I was like just losing my mind. At because this. when that guy he he shoot that old man, he shoots the arrow before you know Aragorn says like release or whatever. Yeah, and the orukai just like. <laughs> and he like falls over and then the other one gets mad or whatever they all get mad they were pissed yeah but we we recreated that on the golf course 
everyone our dads were just apparently nice. that's not normal golf etiquette no. to be like making you're, yurikai sounds but you're new um yeah, but we yeah were, we were really bad at golf so i so. just love that game so much because the, like i said the campaigns are great but what is even better is that the skirmishes and kind of creating your own scenarios um with tolkien lore whether it's you're the bad guys or the good guys. It's just yeah. endless enough. Praise Morgoth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, good stuff. So that's my number nine. All right. My number nine is Super Smash Bros. Melee. Mm, good um, choice. So, definitely a more refined version of the N64. Um, Almost so, unplayable at this point. Yeah, going back, we went to that... Six, yeah, it was that arcade place. Yeah, um, the 16-bit? Yeah. Whatever bit number? Yeah. Um, and then... Arcade. Yeah. Going back, it's super slow. Yeah, it's, it's you're you're just waiting like five seconds for you to like click B with Pikachu and your lightning. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Like he had like thirty-seven Reese cups before, and he's <laughs> like <laughs> suffering a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, a lot of good memories from that one. I remember when we found out, or whoever that was before, not before the internet, before I really had. A lot of access to the internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of our friends at recess was like, oh, you can get Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. And this blew my mind because Mewtwo has... <laughs> I was a been like a father figure. <laughs> I don't know what that says about your real life dad. No, no. <laughs> my dad is a lot better father figure than Mewtwo. No, but he's always been like an icon because he has that one line at You'd the end. I worshipped him? Yeah, <laughs> posters and candles. No, and that's Lord Helix. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, hopefully people get that reference. But um, <laughs> no, he has that line at the end of the Pokemon, the oh, first it's... where it almost sounds like I have a dream speech from Martin Luther King. Yeah, it's really. Good. I wrote it down, so oh, please. I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what we do with that gift that determines who we are. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, granted, it's a. Freaking gray and purple guy yeah. with a tail. Yeah. But how profound that was no, as for a real. kid. Yeah. Um, so being able to play him on uh, Melee was really great. So mm-hmm. how you got him was you had to stand in Pokemon Stadium in the center for, I don't know, eight hours or something really long. Um, so I left it on overnight and then I got up in the morning, super excited before school, and um, I, I think you had to kill the one of the players, and then all of a sudden, you just you had those sirens going on, <laughs> yeah. and it was just That's super like the greatest crazy. feeling, especially if you didn't know which characters were in the game, and as you unlock them progressively, yeah. like Doctor Mario came up, and you just you hear the siren, which is now our phone alarms for getting up. Yeah. I think that's your alarm for things for like cooking food. It's just the it's the same siren as when yeah. someone in melee. Um, it would pop up, but yeah, getting to fight him for the first New time. New challenger approaches. <laughs> yeah, like, the day is approaching. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I spent so many hours on that game. Um, I actually put Lauren, little sister, so people know. Who. My wife. Yeah, her wife, his, her wife, <laughs> his, his oh, wife, and uh, my little sister. I put Lauren through a boot camp because <laughs> I wanted someone to play with, and obviously yeah. my sister was going to be there for a while. I, I, I just so. spend time with her, so um, I couldn't really get rid of her. Um, so I put her through boot camp so she didn't suck on my team. Um, I, I trained her how to jump, like midair attack. And there was you were really strategic if you could jump off the side of the stage and like kill them, especially with uh, Meta Knight. Mm-hmm. You could like kill them off the stage and then get back on the stage. You were just uh, like a bamf. Um, 
So eventually it was one Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Silent after that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we modded the game. You could actually like add mods to it. So mm-hmm. I had Mennonite like skinned as Darth Vader. So his sword what? was like he had like a red lightsaber. Oh, that's so neat. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we modded Link. And Link had a lightsaber. He had like a ray gun. And um, it was he was just super difficult. So we we saw him as like the most OP character in the game. We were, okay. <laughs> he was the most overpowered character in the game. Um, so we were like, oh, we we should fight him. And then we were trying to like handicap ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this was about the time where Lauren got her wisdom teeth out. So oh my goodness! She yeah. was like. On painkiller, just drugs. yeah, she was she was on Vicodin for her the pain in her mouth, and we're like, you know what we should do? Because I put you through boot camp and I prepared you for this. We should fight the hardest boss, this lightsabered up Link with a gun. Yeah, on like level nine or something stupid. Level nine, and then we handicapped ourselves. And oh my god! Like every time, so we we'd start out with like every time we died, we had thirty percent damage, mm-hmm. and then we got up to we had we started out each life with a hundred and forty percent damage. Oh going against the level nine or two of them, two of them. It was brutal, but apparently painkillers help <laughs> Lauren gain skill because now she sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's my uh, melee rant for that. But yeah, it was it's a really good game. I, it's sad that I have to put it at number nine. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of curious because I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean. You must have some pretty good games ahead of that. If I do. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, let's we can move towards those. Let's, yeah, yeah. yeah we've talked all right, your number eight. My number eight is also a game I don't think you've played. Um, a series that I got into very late. Um, it was originally came out on the um, the NES here in America as Dragon Warrior, and in Japan it was known as Dragon Quest. And so eventually, we had the first four games on Nintendo here. I don't think we saw another release until. Dragon Quest Eight on the PS2, um, and Nintendo, um, Square Enix, whatever, um, they they remade um, Dragon Quest Four, Five, Six for the DS, and then Seven and Eight are on the 3DS now. My game at number eight is Dragon Quest Nine. So this was a game that was made from the ground up for the Nintendo DS, and what was so awesome about it for the time, or not even for the time, even to date. Um, I think something you know you and I agree with is that we love in games when you grind for a new piece of armor, and then when you equip that armor, you actually see your character wearing that. There is not words. There are not words to describe <laughs> the feeling. Yeah. Like okay, there are, there are big events in your life. Like <laughs> you get married, you have a kid, and like I think it, it probably equates to like you get that new piece of armor. Like you're oh my helm, you got the yeah. new horns on yeah. it because I killed a. Rathalus or whatever, yeah. but I think it's like the same feeling that you would get like looking at your kid for the first time. Oh yeah, you're like, oh, no, I made that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and that was what was so awesome. Not only in a Dragon Quest game, but on a handheld Dragon Quest game. Yeah. And I put, I think at least a hundred hours in this game. So it has, I wouldn't say a generic story, but a relatively, you know, save the world type of story. Yeah. All the Dragon Quest games do. Although I'd argue that Dragon Quest V actually has a really interesting, unique, and almost even emotionally powerful story. Um, but nine I loved because you could play locally co-op with friends. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you could 
grind for new armor, equip that armor. It was really great. Is it similar to like Monster Hunter DS games or what um, makes it different? Less okay, so it's more turn based RPG. So you're so oh, okay. think Pokemon, okay? Um, and there's just really interesting, unique character design. So Akira Toriyama does the artwork for the characters. So the guy who did Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball. Chrono Trigger, all that kind of stuff. So that's cool. for me... I think you lent me that game on DS. I lent you um, Monsters Joker. Sure. Dragon Quest Monsters. <laughs> that was when we actually collected monsters. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this one is different in the sense that you collect... You don't collect. People. You, you recruit people to come alongside okay. you. So you can get... Um, and you can edit and customize their um, their roles. So they can either be... So like, like a, a fire a emblem mage. Uh, sort of, I don't know. I, I would say it's kind of a unique experience all on its own. It's kind of its own separate I'll have to thing. Pick it up. But yeah, it's it's really really good. I have all of them for the DS and the 3DS. They're really excellent games. I actually just also ordered the Dragon Quest IX soundtrack from Japan because I love that so much. The music in those games is is very like I mean this is a weird soothing. It's just very peaceful. And in Do you fall asleep a lot playing this game. It's funny you say it. so. Like in college, <laughs> I played every year of college. I played a different Dragon Quest game. So my senior year of high school, I played. Dragon Quest Four. My freshman year, I played five. Okay. Sophomore six, and then um, I think my junior year, I played Dragon Quest Nine. Um, just a great series if you're looking for like again, just a mindless grind fest. It's very yeah. much like that, but also a lot of satisfaction when you get that new piece of armor and crush a final boss. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really tough, especially the final boss in that game is ridiculous. But um, yeah, if you get Dragon Quest Nine, I'm pretty sure we could still play locally co-op. So that'd be really fun. nice. Um, but yeah, that's my number eight. So. What is your number? Wait, eight, seven? What are we on? Eight. You're on eight. eight so okay. yeah. So <laughs> I think I know what's coming. Yeah. So usually when we talk about this game, we have to code word it because it's kind of embarrassing. Oh yep. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. So yep. we call it RS, so that no one knows what we're talking about. But it is um, RuneScape. Um, so it originally, <laughs> I played this through middle school and through college and for a while. So I've been alive <laughs> for. 226,000 hours. I took the time to calculate this, so oh you're welcome. My gosh. I played this for 1.56% of that time. So you guys can do the calculation, but it's oh. a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> you measured in days. It's, yeah, it's close to half a year worth of days. That's healthy. Yeah, you know when I was talking in the beginning about being single for most of my life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But on the bright side, I have lots of capes. Um, <laughs> and you've maxed, like, how many skills to 99? So we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. But this is another one of those. It's kind of progressing from the Lord of the Rings Game Boy Advance game where you're... It's not, It doesn't really have a story, but it's you have skills and you can upgrade your character. It's and like get tier new... one crap. RuneScape is like tier seven. It's like whoa, let's no. It's like, it's like tier three. It's like next level. <laughs> no, let's yeah. We, you don't want to give it that much credit. Okay. Um, but it's more of a nostalgia thing, so I think that's where it gets a lot of its power. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the old style games because we, we grew up with the like red version and blue version, mm-hmm. and you get those graphics that I wouldn't say are crappy, but they're the not. Brilliant. If you look at the new God of War that just came out. Yeah. It's they don't compare. No, but not you at still all. get that like even Super Mario on the original, like mm-hmm, the original yeah. ones, the side scrollers, there you get a lot of satisfaction of going through those old kind of looking games. And that's yeah. kind of the look that the original RuneScape, and they now call it old school RuneScape, 
has. Um, they since have upgraded the graphics, mm-hmm. which it still doesn't compare to like those new PS4 games. But yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it was 13 million XP oh to gosh. get to level 99, which 99 was maxing out a skill, and you got a cape and had like the picture, the symbol. So like my first 99, because I got those, because I spent that time. <laughs> Um, was cooking, so it had like a little cooking symbol on it, mm-hmm. and it was purple. And then when you get two of them, it give you trimming. I, I'm not gonna bore you with like all. <laughs> like, <fall> asleep, <laughs> yeah, you're like God. The cooking <laughs> is the worst. Um, no, it it was a lot of fun. Um, but I, I do have a story for that. So I had a few girlfriends throughout high school, and I don't think they enjoyed. So before it. you tell us, I'm totally gonna call you out on the air here. We're sitting at a wobbly table. And you keep you keep doing like oh this. I'm sorry I get yeah. fidgety and I don't want that to get caught on the audio here for our listeners I'm sure they don't want to they're probably this. really annoyed at oh, this they point are. they're probably gone so yeah. <laughs> it's fine that I'm talking no about no one runes. was gonna listen to this to begin with so we're fine <laughs> we're doing pretty well Just, I'm ranting about RuneScape yeah. <laughs> so they're the wobbly tables we've lost the... all credibility <laughs> at this point yeah the wobbly tables the least of their concerns <laughs> um, so I guess throughout high school I had a few girlfriends and they didn't. They did sports and like they danced. Sports, sports, sports. Yeah, not games. So I was into RuneScape because I was one of those. And um, I think they did it more to like pacify me because I was in a room playing RuneScape. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we should probably try to spend time together. And um, so one of my girlfriends at the time was a dancer. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, what, what kind of character name <laughs> should we do? And to preface her name, there's a woodcutting skill. And a type of <laughs> a type of tree is a U tree, uh, Y E W, and it was like the money making tree. You had to have level sixty. You got two hundred and sixty gold per thing, which is a lot over. Yeah. So anyway, she was a dancer in real life, in RL, and <laughs> in RL. <laughs> is what we called it because yeah. we were not in RL most of the time. <laughs> and the, her name was Dance. For the number, and then you, Y-E-W. Because, oh yeah, looking back, I so she ended up cheating on me for obvious reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> With a freaking mage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking warriors out here. But on the bright side, I have 899 capes. So who's the real winner here? <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's an excellent uh, yeah. point there. All right, I'm going to stop there before yeah. I embarrass up myself more. So what's your number seven? Okay, so my number seven is one we've already talked about. It was on your list, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Okay. So I don't have a whole lot to add um, other than the fact that I still feel like... I don't. I mean, I know that um, <coughs> Smash 4 is a, is a superior game in every regard, but um, I just don't think I'll ever be able to replicate you know, the times I had playing Melee. Because Melee, um, they still do tournaments for. Yeah, right? I mean, it's wild that it's still... Yeah, held at a tournament level that they're still playing that. So um, clearly, it did so much right. And I, I don't think you've had a jump from a series um, yeah, to as, that much, extent. as much as you did from the N64 to that. I mean, it was mind-blowing. And I still, I felt I had more... Mind-blowing? <laughs> I had more hype leading up to Brawl because there was that dojo website that you could go on. And daily, they would release like a, a new map or a new character that was going to yeah. be on the... Um, but melee, I just remember like setting the settings to um, like everyone would have level ninety nine or ninety nine lives, and just going for like 
three or four hours with my friends. You know. Okay, so the best setting. <laughs> okay. I think that, no, 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 no. Because we've done this before. Yeah. It's the soccer balls. You do okay. only soccer balls. Yeah. On Final Destination, which you have to go through a bunch of things to get, but yeah. it's just a flat stage with soccer balls. And if you kick these soccer balls into your opponents, they just go flying. They well, just then, is your percentage all the way up too? Or do you, you can just, do that because yeah. they just like sprint <laughs> off the screen. Yeah. But it, it's so satisfying to like you just you get the right angle. You go back to geometry and you're like, oh yeah, that forty five <laughs> degrees. Of no, the mom, book. you don't understand. It's helping my geometry. Yeah. <laughs> so I got through math. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Good times. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to, and we'll probably talk about this at a later episode. Um, how I guess what Smash Five for the Switch is gonna turn out. You need to get um, a Switch. I, I do. I know you have one, um, but. I probably will when Smash comes out, which is probably going to be like November time frame. I feel like they're going to have mm-hmm. it for holidays because they're just going to sell Switches like Gangbusters. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's already doing really well. But another topic for another day. Um, yeah, that is my number seven. I won't really go into too much more about it. So your number six or seven. I'm sorry. I keep going ahead of jumping <laughs> ahead and skipping you. I can give you both. But yeah, <laughs> my number seven. Um, so it is Breath of the Wild or Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, speaking of Switch. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't really played any Zelda games. I so that's not true. I, I played Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So I never got the nostalgia factor of on the original N64, except for like one time with this kid that we were babysitting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna probably we're gonna lose everyone here. Yeah, but we're I, some serious hate mail. I did not like Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and. That is mainly because I didn't have the nostalgia on mm-hmm. like the time frame when it originally came out. Because yeah. when it was released, going into like an open world, you got different quests mm-hmm. and you get a cool sword if you do like this crazy quest line. I'm sure it was great, mm-hmm. but playing it in what 2013, 2012, yeah. you had Skyrim. Yeah, I mean, and Skyrim play. to Ocarina of Time. And that water temple is the worst. <laughs> the worst. Okay. Yeah. You've driven the point. Of yeah. The so talk about, talk about so Breath, of the the Breath of the Wild is great. Pickle Rick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Breath of the Wild was great. It better not be Lauren texting you. Um, it's no, it's my mom. Okay. Nope. It's unacceptable. So, Breath of the Wild. Um, you start out and it. I really like games where they just kind of chuck you in and they don't have to explain everything. I think they explain to you, click X to open this chest or to open a door. But the entire tutorial island is you actually, I don't want to spoil things, but like escaping, escaping? Getting off of this area. Mm -hmm. And it's teaching you how to do it while you're doing what you do for the rest of the game. So it's not really like, Click X here and you punch. It's you learn by playing the game. Yeah. Which is, I find to be the most satisfying ways. It's like a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, you get into Dark Souls and there's just no tutorials. You die, you die, and you die. And um, in this game, it's it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, it's open world and you can... You can go right to the final boss right out of the get-go. Yeah. I mean, you'll have a stick Mm -hmm. and you'll probably lose... But there, it's the internet's out there, and people have done it. I've seen, but yeah, it's you, you got unique weapons, and you got this entire system where these weapons break over time, so you're constantly like p- 
punching these like pig-looking guys <laughs> that are different colors, and you get different types of weapons. And I really like the style. I think it's cell shaded. Cell shaded. Yeah. yeah. That's what you um, it almost looks like an anime mm-hmm. kind of yeah. style, which is really cool. Yeah. You you need to play that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely watched a lot of gameplay video. I mean, one of the things that you know immediately. Um, caught my attention was just the draw distances like if you're standing on a mountain cliff you can just see across the entire and you map. can go there which yeah. is great i mean it was like i forget who you know quoted that like long ago i think it was when skyrim first came out I was like oh see that mountain over there i'm gonna go over there and Mio, miyamoto wanted to do the same thing and uh anuma wanted to do the same thing with breath of the wild and they they, they did they did they were successful i mean it got tens across the board it's many people who actually i know johnny millennium is happy console gamer he's someone i watch on youtube the Ocarina of Time, or it was either that or Link to the Past from the Super Nintendo, was his favorite Zelda game, mm-hmm. and this just shattered that Breath of the Wild, yeah. you know. And um, it, sh- I think it just crushed expectations. I think it has a lot to do with the Switch's success right now, which is awesome. I'm so glad yeah. that as know, a launch game, yeah, and I, the Wii U, <laughs> it just didn't have that game that was just going to sell consoles. And yeah. I feel like um, Breath of the Wild is that. It is selling consoles, and it brought. I think a lot of people that enjoyed the original Zelda games, um, it you know reestablished that love of the series, and mm-hmm. I'm just so happy about that. I can't wait to play the game myself. And as an entry point into <clears throat> yeah, Zelda, there's a lot of people like, you know, similar to Monster Hunter on people from like going from console or yeah. handhelds to like a console. Mm-hmm. It's a good way, or they did a really good job of getting people into that series because it can too. still moving be, forward. Yeah, it can still be hardcore in terms of difficulty, but. It's also accessible enough for people to just kind of jump yeah. in if they don't have much experience. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm looking forward to playing it. I'll probably steal your Switch over the summer before I get one to, that's to play it. completely fine. Um, yeah. But so that was your number seven. Yeah, you have to go to six. So <laughs> that is the natural progression <laughs> yeah. of numbers. If we're going in a linear... Yeah. Um, linear. So my number six, I could not have a top ten similar to Lord of the Rings without a Pokemon game. And so for the longest time... I would say Fire Red, the remake of Red, would be my favorite mm. Pokemon game. But Minus in the past, Masingo. yeah, yeah. Oh, what the heck? And we can't get Mew, Mew either. Yeah. When you said that, because we were watching that movie, yeah, and I was I side side tangent. Yeah. Here. Okay. So in the original Red version, I think right after Misty, you go up that bridge. Yeah. Whatever it's called, and you have to have a Pokemon with twenty one speed to catch Abra because Abra teleports away. Yeah. So you catch Abra and then you go up the bridge with those two Pokemon um, and then you go loop around and there's a person. And basically when they have that little exclamation point of seeing mm-hmm. you, you teleport back to the Poke Center. And that triggers something in the game and then you run up the bridge and then Mew appears. Mm-hmm. And you get Mew. And that was Mew just like standing there that like you can see? No, you don't you, see anything. You just so, go in the grass and... No, you or... run back up the bridge... Like you've defeated all the trainers. Yep. So you run up the bridge and just like midway through up the bridge, it just you just get just spawns a battle. Yeah. yeah, it's just a battle, and then Mew appears, and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. But the cool thing that I figured out is because you, I mean, you get Mew obviously, and Mew can learn everything. Mm-hmm. So you're overpowered for the rest of the game, but it's also cool having Mew because I it, love Mew. Mew's yeah. great. Yeah, she's second she, to Mew. He? What is Mew? Genderless. Genderless. Yeah. We, we, it's one of those politically correct on this podcast. It doesn't. We don't know what it identifies as, but uh, <laughs> no, it's one of the. I think one of the few genderless Pokemon, along with like Ditto in the original. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, but you can actually do that same technique with the Abra in that person in the grass multiple times. And I'm mouthing Pickle Rick. 
Okay. okay, Pickle Rick. You can get a lot of people to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you crap. Okay, I could go on. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go. No, so my Red. number uh, six, what number are we on here? So I had to include a Pokemon game. Let me kind of backtrack here. Um, Fire Red was probably my favorite for the longest time. Uh, tied with nostalgia, but also the game being kind of revamped with, um, you know, it's all colorful and everything compared to mm-hmm. the original version. Um, but in the past couple of years, I think my um, nostalgia has been overridden with um, a game that I got with my Game Boy Advance SP for Christmas way back in the day when this game was first released. But I would say that the remake of it, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire, is definitely the superior version. And my goodness, I spent so much time. And when we were in college, I remember you taking a quick run to uh, to GameStop to get um, did you, whether you got Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire. Uh, first, you're blasphemous saying that Alpha Sapphire is better because Ruby is the way to go because Groudon. But okay, yeah, Kyogre, don't, don't even go there. Kyogre's better in competition. Yeah, um, he looks cooler too. Uh, we can fight about that. Okay. No, but um, you, you told me about it. We're like, that's a thing. Yeah, you like? Did you not know that they like remade it or whatever? And no, I didn't. So I think it was like, hey, you want to go? Yeah. Uh, so you know, we booked it over to GameStop so you could get a copy. But we had so much fun trading back and forth. And then when you told me about Wonder Trading, that just like blew my mind. I'd never heard of Wonder that. Wonder Trade has consumed. Yeah. If it's... Ruinscape. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. we're not even gonna go there, but. I absolutely adore the soundtrack to the original um, Ruby and Sapphire games. It's like one of those things where you listen to a soundtrack and immediately transports you back to when you first played the game. And Pokemon just in general has that for me, like even the red and blue soundtracks. But um, Sapphire and Ruby especially, um, those soundtracks are just really nostalgic for me. And so when they kind of remastered those for the Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby, um, again, it just transported me back. To relive those memories and play through those games again was just really a magical experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good stuff. So definitely makes my list at number six. Um, I wish ten. You could jam like ten, yeah. like six point five and like yeah. little other number because yeah, I really love those games. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think completed. You still have yet to complete the Pokedex. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, you call yourself a master. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, like, I don't know. I, especially You're not the OCD factor? Of no, I mean, with the original 151, yeah, I would go for that. But now there's like 3,253 The, the ice cream cone? No, I don't want vanilla cupcake or whatever his name is. Or I, I have him. I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, exactly. If you can't name all of the Pokemon, then what's the sense in, in having 721 of them? Um no, granted, I, I'm glad that they continued the series and, you know, continue to revamp everything, but um, I it's just, it's just, there's too many, and I don't have... I'd rather spend that 30 hours to go play another game that it would take me. So, this is kind of another tangent, but... So, first generation is the best for you. For, obviously, because we grew up in those times. Absolutely. Where does... The, so, second and third are the next two? You know, surprisingly, I love Gold and Silver, especially the fact that you could go back to Kanto after you complete the game. That was amazing. Unbelievable that they were able to accomplish that on the Game Boy Card. On the Game Boy Card. Yeah. It's just unreal. And then fighting yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it... I'd almost rank them in the order that they came out. So, one... I don't really consider anything after the third generation. I mean, I do. I, I love those games. But one, two, and three are probably in that order my favorite. I would agree. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, and especially um, when they did Heart Gold and Soul Silver, 
for the DS, and they remade. So good. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable that they were able to do that. So. And then you get to see all the updated graphics of yeah. going through the old version and the new version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's how I would rank them. Okay. But, yeah. We can continue talking. About Grodon and Kyogre. No, 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 we just in general, because you agree yeah. with the Pokemon order yeah. of generations. Okay, so number seven, six for you. Six for you, man. You and your numbers. Numbers, I'm an accountant. How are you an accountant? What is going on? Um, so I would have to say it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, very nice. Yeah, um, I really like the single player stories, mm-hmm. even though EA is saying they're dying out. Uh, they're It was just such a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, the developers, they based it kind of the concept on Zoids. And if you guys have seen Zoids, Zoids were like giant, like mon- like machine monsters that you got in the cockpit and like beat each other up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was an instant seller. But I really like the like the sociology and the anthropology of tribalism, mm-hmm. which is kind of what this game is. I mean, you ha- you have these threats of mechanical dinosaurs or deers and things, but. It's the story of how you got I there. I think it's deer. I don't think it's you, you pronounce. Did I say deers? You said deers. Wow, I suck at <laughs> English. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, okay, so. Deer. I threw up your train of thought. Yeah, no, no. I'm just beating myself up over deers. <laughs> uh, well, I think the genre of like post apocalyptic games gets really stale with just zombies or like fallout there's so much gray and yeah. i never really got into fallout games i neither no like it's funny and bethesda does a really good job on mm-hmm. those type of games but when you look at uh, horizon you have lots of greens and blues and you're excited to explore because you're not looking at rocks the entire freaking mm-hmm. time you have yeah. snow-covered mountains and you're curious why this giant monster is dead and through things and what happened Mm -hmm. um so you're figuring out why you are where you are yeah and your significance in it um and then it has like a similar you have like you can mod your bows so like bows seem to be really popular nowadays Mm -hmm. in games yeah i don't know because guns are getting stale but bows are always they're just awesome yeah um but you can you just add certain mods to it like whether it penetrates better or like your accuracy with the thing so it's a it's a very similar upgrade tree to the new god of war Mm -hmm. so it's really simplistic but at the same time it can be really dynamic um but there's nothing better than getting control of a giant mechanical t-rex and having that t-rex that's yours fighting another t-rex and just going at it and they have missile launchers on their back i think they they should just put that on the cover. Mm-hmm. T Rex battles with <laughs> missile launchers, yeah. and you would sell more. I mean, they sold a bunch, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's an interesting choice. I um I started playing Horizon like after I'd pumped like sixty five to seventy hours in Shadow of War, and so like it's that, the same kind of yeah, concept. That open world, you know, going off the beaten path and just doing all the kind of side quests and things like that. Yeah, and so I just was kind of. Um, oh, deed. Yeah, fatigue sure. uh, from that type of game. So I, I went off and played like Wolfenstein and I just wanted to shoot a bunch of things. But um, I definitely want to go back because I did love the game. I mean, graphically, it's probably one of the showcases for the PS4 mm-hmm. next to you know some other games. Uh, I don't want to mention some because they're on my list. Um, <laughs> but um, God of War, that's not on my list. But that, yeah. 
Um, and the story, I really, I really loved um, this female protagonist, Aloy, and what was the guy with the giant beard? What was his name? Oh, your... In the beginning? Yeah, your father. Yeah, he uh, was really... Is... Oh, tense, I'm, I'm, I was watching Dragon Ball Z. I can just think of Hercule, but that's definitely not it. Yeah, but in, um, anyways, I, I, I really loved yeah. the character setup, and the story was interesting. It immediately um, kind of grabbed you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was hooked, but I, again, I was, I was just fatigued from that type of thing. It's game, cool so. seeing them <clears throat> develop a female mm-hmm. protagonist. Yeah. That's um, not, like, overly sexualized. She's yeah, they wanted her rugged. Yeah, They well, wanted she, her just kind of, let's... She's very human, yeah. You know, and I, I love that, and so I thought that was really neat and unique. And um, I, I'm gonna go back to it. You know, I know you lent it to me, so I definitely have to. They still have it, so you should play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good, good choice there. Yeah. Um, anything else to say on um, on that? No. It's okay. Just Horizon. Worth playing. Good stuff. Definitely worth playing. Hey folks, this is that time in the podcast where we invite all of you to give your sensitive ears a break from our seemingly endless babbling. Some call it an intermission. We call it a lull in audio. Be back shortly. So now we are getting into the cream of the crop, our top five games of all time. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off for us. My number five of all time is a game I played last year, the end of the year, and uh, came out very recently, Uncharted 4. Yes. Um, absolutely love that series. Um, you know, I talked about earlier in Smash Brothers how there was a huge transition between the N64 Smash to GameCube Smash. And I feel like there's a night and day difference between Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 2. There was a huge gap there yeah. Um, in terms of just quality, gameplay, shooting, story, graphics, everything. And I, I mean, I love the whole series, but what 4 did and what Uncharted as a whole, as a series does for me very often, I just listen to podcasts while I play games. I know you you ride me for that you, because I very often just disregard game stories. Especially on single-player games where the entire point is the <laughs> freaking story. You're like, oh, I know. okay, I listen to Joe Schmo talking about <laughs> a, t- a totally different game. Yeah, so I'm really bad at that just because I love listening to podcasts and it's like I almost have to have these two different things going on at once, especially when I'm playing a game where I'm like grinding and leveling and stuff like that. Uncharted is a series where I have nothing else going on, nothing playing. I'm completely engrossed in the story. I love the characters. People always say it's like this interactive movie, and it very much is. You know, you're you're interacting and progressing the story of these characters between Nathan, Sully, um, what his his Your female wife interest, or um, girlfriend or whatever. What's her What's her name? The blonde. Yeah, whatever her name is. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's Ellen? an important. It's like Ellen or. If I had internet right now, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. She's an important character, and not to dismiss her, but we, yeah. our memories, you just get old, yeah. and then all timer hits. But she is important, she and is. she's um, a top five character. Oh so. my gosh, yeah, it's so bad. But um, the story in four, it's just like a roller coaster of emotions from beginning to end, and the game, the way the game concludes, for me, it's like almost like Breaking Bad. It's just so conclusive, really closes all, you know. Um, all ends of the story. There's no, no like questioning what if or they don't really leave much up to interpretation. I think they described it as a swan song. Yeah. For Nathan. Yeah, and, and I definitely agree with that. Um, I really have no complaints where the story went, um, and even the gameplay itself. I feel like they really. Um, it's refined. It is so much more refined than even three. Three. 
I would say my order is like four, two, three, um, and then one. Um, and yeah. as far as my order of the favorites, just because, like you said, the gameplay mechanics are just very much refined. Um, but the story is really what what makes this game my number five game of all time. I, like I said, very few games really reel me in as far as the story, and Uncharted does it in a way that very few games do. And Naughty Dog, I mean, they are storytelling geniuses when it comes to video games. I mean, The Last of Us, you and I have yet to play that, but we're both looking forward to kind of you know, yeah. sinking our teeth deep in that because Last of Us 2, I don't think it's coming out this year, but maybe next year, and uh, I definitely heard nothing but good things. So Uncharted 4 amazing the last thing i'll say about it i don't want to spoil anything for people that haven't played it all i will say is that the epilogue is just genius in oh that game. it was so good you know and it, we could they could have ended it with just i mean how they wrapped up the original yeah. like the i mean obviously each game has its end so they could have wrapped up four the same way they wrapped up three two and one with yeah. just an, a conclusion yeah the epilogue is it ties all four of them together, yeah. and like throughout the entire four, you get nostalgic things. Not even just for the past three games, yeah. but the nostalgic for past games made by the studios, mm-hmm. which I thought, like, oh, it it's just really blew the ultimate mind. payoff for the player. You know, it if did. you follow these characters through all four games, that is the ultimate payoff for you. Is just getting to experience that little, probably not more than like ten minutes of. Mm-hmm. You know. No, don't even. Yeah, don't, I won't. I won't even go don't into put details. Won't go into details. But that, yeah, that ten minutes of of, of game is is really pretty magical. Um, if you follow the series all the way through. And One it, more quick thing, I will say, I didn't know about this until you told me about it. But in the beginning of the game, when you go down and see Elena, Elena, yes, got it, got it. Um, because she's like calling him down, saying dinner's ready or whatever. Two things, quick. Two things, I guess. When you can grab the little um, Nerf gun, yes. and he, you know this like epic music starts playing, and Nate's like completely in this like you know He's superhero like, role, going around like shooting things. You have like ammo and everything. You're in an attic, and you're in an attic with all of the artifacts from all the games. That's another thing that they they paid so much homage to the earlier games um, because they know that people really love these characters and love these games and so and it's worth playing the for like them in order totally is and it's, especially it, they make it so easy with the uh, the uncharted collection mm-hmm. um you can get the first three games and then four um because some of those collections you can play them out of order but this one yeah it's it's like reading the harry potter books out of order yeah it doesn't you're not get, it's not gonna make any sense like harry's I'm, I'm trying not to spoil things, but yeah, he's no, I know old you, and then he's young. It's you. No. You get that character development, and then yeah. to have all those final payoffs, it it really they did a great job. They really did. And the last thing I'll mention um, with Naughty Dog being the developers is when you know Elena, she's like talks of bragging about this video game that she's really good at, and you get to play that level of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, um, on the I had never played. Crash, and especially like, like with the the PlayStation logo, like that signature sound that comes on when you yeah. boot up the console, even that comes on, and then it starts the level. It's so it's so awesome. Um, it's really just a, you know a, just a nostalgic trip. Yeah, I I was freaking out when I got to play Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah, and then looking in because I didn't know they were the, like the same developer. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is great. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's really good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's my number five. What is your number five? My number five is a little bit different oh than <laughs> uh, Uncharted 4. So um, mine is Dark Souls 3. 
Um, oh wow, I didn't think that would make your top top ten. I really so okay, f- going through my progression. So I started out talking about my Lord of the Rings game, which mm-hmm. is kind of that intro, and then you get Runescape, which <laughs> Runescape. It's then intro to the, like collecting armors and mm-hmm. that like medieval feel, but. Dark Souls is kind of that end progression of like where you want a medieval game to be. Mm-hmm. You have dragons and you have these epic bosses. Um, but you get to collect armor and you have to deal with like the weight system of obviously armor is metal and heavy. So you can just pick do you want to be a heavy character with like these big bulking armors and like a great sword? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to go through with you're shaking the table again. I am sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm getting so pumped up. I know about, you are. I, yeah. I love this game. But I had to, I had to say it, so yeah. keep going, keep going. Um, no, it's, I the original, and so the Soulsborne series, you have the first three Dark Souls, you have Demon Souls before that, and then you have Bloodborne. So I first played Bloodborne, but like going to the medieval side with Dark Souls 3, you, it has the same really difficult, but not unfair bosses and gameplay. Mm-hmm. So when you die and you get this "you died" uh, thing on or text on the screen, it's because you made a mistake, not because of the controls or because it's glitching out. It's because you forgot to click the circle button and roll. Mm-hmm. And you can—I mean, it's frustrating because you see that a lot. <laughs> you see, you died. But at the same, but when you find like the first boss, I think I died. I rage quit after four deaths, and then I came back and died another four times, and finally beat it. And when I beat it, I was yelling at my, <laughs> I was yelling at my team. I was like, "That's what you freaking get! That's what you get! You killed me eight times, but you're gonna stay dead." Yeah. Uh it's oh. it's that satisfaction, and um, and all the bosses. There's uh, 19 main bosses and six dlc bosses and they're all really well thought out and they all have their kind of unique move sets as most bosses do but what's really cool is each move can be dodged but it's up to the player Mm -hmm. so if you don't click circle i mean in the later games your half your health is gone or you get one shot if you don't upgrade health Um, but it's seeing your character facing what like a medieval world would be like Mm -hmm. those stakes are so high because fighting a dragon it's not going to be like bowser yeah where you have to jump on his face three times it's you just got toasted it's not very it's not as calculated as like a nintendo game it's very i don't even know but like yeah you don't just jump on someone three times it's very it's very intricate and complex the way they've crafted that world and yeah the the bosses it they're worth playing Mm -hmm. um they're challenging but it's you get a definitely a sense of satisfaction, and if you're one of those people, you can brag to your friends that yeah. you you beat them. I don't know if there's any other game where you get as, can have as much bragging rights than the Souls. Because when the, when you hear Dark Souls or when it's like comes up in conversation, you're like, oh, those are because <laughs> like, yeah. there's tons of videos and it's hilarious. Like fail videos are funny, but like mm-hmm. watching people go into these Dark Souls bosses or Soulborn bosses. For the first time and just getting obliterated and yeah. them just ranting is some of the funniest things I've seen. Yeah. I um I haven't really it's funny because I remember I originally kinda like recommended you Yeah, it's getting, your fault. Getting Come on, man. And I hadn't even, you know, delved in the series really myself. I mean I played Dark Souls, I got to the what is it, the gaping dragon or the 
that giant. Oh, dragon. I'm waiting for the first one to come out. The remasters coming yeah. out later this month, but. Um, I got to that it's point. It's $40. It's worth getting. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I got to that point and I was in college at the time, so I didn't really have the the patience or the ability to just kind of like, you know, grind that out and, and be consistent with going back and trying to defeat the bosses. But um, I'm looking forward to definitely play the remastered version with you. And um, I actually have a copy of Bloodborne myself, so I'm looking forward to. And I think it was free on PSN Plus. Well, I think like last month or the month before that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I mean. I definitely have a, a deep appreciation for the series and what um, From Software has done. I'm definitely hoping for the fans of the series that I'm, I think that we're going to get a Bloodborne 2 announcement this year. I'm um, so – because they were curious on what the FromSoft like E3 or – because mm-hmm. it was just kind of whatever it was a picture of. But it yeah. looked like stuff from Bloodborne. Yeah, I think I think we're probably going to get like an October, September – um, yeah. Bloodborne Two, like surprise announcement, yeah, um, or release. Actually, I think it's one one more year. rant, real okay, quick. Okay, go for but it. But the way that they, I mean, you have Uncharted, where it's very direct mm-hmm. on their presentation of the story. It's, hey, this is happening. They kind of uh, explain the plot. Bloodborne and Dark Souls, it's up to the player. Mm-hmm. So you get as much lore as you want. You're in this world, and it's up for you, up to you to discover. It's a mystery almost. Um, so a lot of the plot and explanation comes in the descriptions of items and like these side quests and things. Um, but it, it's it's a really unique way of presenting the their, story, their world mm-hmm. to the to the player. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I'm definitely looking, like I said, looking forward to jumping in yeah. at some point in the future. Yeah, um, up awesome. to you. So <laughs> <laughs> I could go on about that yeah. game for a while. My number four, uh, as we move along here is another N64 classic. Um, might not hold up to most people today, but it still does for me, and that is Super Mario 64. Yes, okay. So, again... We can still talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still accept you as a family member. Yeah, I just feel like, at the time, nothing really compared to going into that completely three-dimensional world um, and just jumping into these different paintings... And then visiting these different worlds and collecting stars. I mean, I love, love, love Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. I originally played the, the GBA port um, when I was actually about 10 years old. Uh, story of another day. Um, but when you enter that world in Super Mario 64, it just completely flips everything you thought Mario could do on your head. It's just really wild. They had another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really wild what they, um, you know, what they came out with. And... I'm so big on soundtracks, and Super Mario 64 is one I frequent very often when I'm at work or whatever. Um, Really, the entire N64 catalog, I feel like, has a really um, Mm -hmm. unique and diverse um, soundtrack for for all their games. But Super Mario 64, uh, specifically, um, remember my cousin and I had a lot of fond memories, a lot of sleepovers, um, just really grinding out the stars in that game and visiting all the different worlds. Um, And so... For that reason, that makes my number three spot. Um, or number four. Number sorry, four. jumping ahead again. Um, but yeah, Super Mario 64 goes down as a classic for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a great game. Yeah, I've spent... Because did you ever get the uh, 3DS version of that? I did. It was very different. I wouldn't say it was as polished. Um, and you could play as like four different people, I feel like. I think you could play as like Yoshi, Wario, Peach, Luigi, and Mario. I don't know, it was weird. They had like some kind of co-op or multiplayer... Um, component to that game that was 
kind of strange. Um, but it was actually one of the first games I got with my DS um, back in the day. Yeah. So it was it was good. I mean, for people at the time that if, if you hadn't played the game before, it was definitely it's it's kind of like Ocarina of Time for me. It's, yeah. It, going from what Mario is now mm-hmm. with the hats and chucking things. Yeah. Turning Mario, into T Rexes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, good game, good game for sure. Uh, what is your number four? So this is a relatively new game, and um, I kind of I think I mentioned it earlier. It's Monster Hunter World. Okay. Um, so I had never played a Monster Hunter game before. Um, two of my roommates in college were playing it. I think Ultimate Four on their DSs, and they're like, "We're getting G rank. We're killing some dragons. Can you help me, man?" And then one of them would always bug the other one, like, "Dude, you're way better than me. I need your help, man." Yeah. <laughs> um, but. I had never really gotten into it, um, but when I saw this, the commercials for it, where there's these cats that cook food for you, <laughs> and you could befriend pigs. Um, Little baby pigs, too. Yeah, baby pigs, Adorable. and you can dress them up. I mean, that's obviously not most of the game. Most of the game is you're going, <laughs> yeah. just just letting you guys know, that's yeah. not most of the game. Um I, I really like, I mean, that's kind of along the lines of most of my games is that progression of upgrading armor mm-hmm. and developing your character. Um, they do it in a really unique way where all your stats are the, sta- the same. Mm-hmm. And your stats or your character doesn't change. It's the armor that you get that really makes your character better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the loop, you start out fighting a lizard. And that lizard's difficult because you have like leather armor. Um, but once you kill that lizard and you kind of overcome that trial, you get you get to raid his corpse for like his skin or his bones, and then you get to upgrade armor based on that. And then going back to kill him again for mm-hmm. more stuff, he's easier. Um, so you kind of conquered that, and then you you end up going through that with all these different monsters. And there's thirty different bosses, and they're adding more. Um, but fighting dragons and you get awesome armor. It's that. It's that. What was it? Your number ten, where you're talking about yeah. getting that piece of armor, the darkness. It was. No, it was Dragon Quest uh, Nine for the DS. Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest. Um, it's that same feeling of you earned this, and then seeing your character change. Yeah. Um, no, it's I, a great hook. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think again, that comes back to our love of video games and just being able to lose yourself in that world, but then completely customize this person, this character that you spend literally hundreds of hours with is just, I don't know, you get almost like a euphoric like high from it. You know, some people do drugs, we play video games. So. Yeah. It's a safer and less expensive route. Yeah. Um, but it was it was also really cool. It's the first, time, the first game or the reason I got the PSN Plus. So mm. I could get a headset and I was be able to play with my friends who were in different parts of the state. Um, so getting to play with my old roommates and say like, "Hey man, are you gonna you gonna cut off his tail? Or are you gonna punch him in the face with your sword?" Yeah, um, it, it was really cool to get that interaction with people around, which I know people have been doing for a long time. But it's you have you want this piece of armor and you're gonna go at it with your friends. Yeah, um, and then just as a closing, besides there being a bunch of little side things like the cats and like fishing and birds and things that you can collect and put in your house, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an electric lion unicorn. Of course there is. And yeah, and he, he gives you chaps. 
so leather chaps for killing him and making his armor. So I think that's a game seller as well. Oh, that, yeah, that's a game of all time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I should move it up to one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, you know, and similar to all these games that are on your list that I just haven't had a chance to play, uh, Monster Hunter World, uh, Lauren got it for me when I passed the, the CPA exam. And, um, you know, I probably put five hours into it. Again, I just come off of like a crazy... Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings binge. Well, that's why I'm not holding it against you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're, you're um, running on that, like, the time I've given you so I don't start holding against you. But yeah. Because it's um, been a month or so. Yeah, I know. We're running out of time here. Um, I'm glaring it. We have, to, we have to go back, Kate. Um, yeah. Lost reference. But anyways, so I will get to Monster Hunter World eventually. Um, but without further ado, I will get to my number three, which... This is like the pinnacle for me of video games. Like if I was my eight to 10 year old self, you know, when I was first watching Lord of the Rings and just loving this Tolkien lore universe, I wanted to be Aragorn. Well, this game made that possible. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Okay, for the longest time I held Oblivion in higher regard just because one, I feel like while graphically it looks worse, it's more vibrant, like the colors in the world. You could make a very pale person with a very green afro, <laughs> which I was mad about that you couldn't do in Skyrim. Yeah, and so much vibrant colors and even starting the game out, I feel like, to me, the payoff of coming out of that dungeon and escaping the prison and being introduced to this open world was more exciting than the opening of Skyrim when you're about to have your, have your head lopped off, the dragon comes, and you're dragonborn. Yeah. But... I spent far more time with Skyrim um, over the, the past few years and even playing through it again on the PS4, the enhanced version, not even dipping my toes into the three DLCs yet. I really want to play the, um, wasn't there like a vampire one? Vampire's um, really cool. Yeah, so I definitely yeah. want to, you know, sink my teeth into that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, we lost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, just for precedence, that would be. <laughs> no, but um, Skyrim it, again. It's that same gameplay loop of going through all these different dungeons, finding new armor, equipping it on your character, getting new weapons, and even different like exploring new classes. You know, most of the time I'm a warrior and I name my guy Aragorn. And I get nice long brown locks, and you know I try and replicate that experience. <laughs> our, I'm not surprised. Our listener base continues to plummet, um, but. You know, you can also be an elderly old mage, and you can be Gandalf. Which is really fun. Or you could be a lizard. You know, you can... There's so much... That's a fantasy of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, I guess. <laughs> but there is so much packed into that game that you can really never fully experience everything that, you know, they've pumped into the game. Yeah. Um, which I love. And I also love podcasting, listening to podcasts, and just not even doing side quests, but just exploring. Yeah. And then you wander across this either dungeon or this this small keep of people that are looking over the, the what is it, like a dungeon keep. And they're like, start, you know, shooting um, bow and arrow at you. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to find a little sewage pipe. And I'm going to sneak in there and from the ground up, just take all these people out. You know, And then you have dragons flying <laughs> over you. Yeah, I mean, dragons, you can just be wandering the map and a giant, like a literal giant 
whacks you with a giant pole and kills you in one hit. You haven't saved in 30 minutes and you lose 30 minutes of progress. Or a People dragon. Rage quit to that one. Or a dragon is just randomly flying over the map and just lands right next to you and starts breathing fire on you and you have to, you know, whack him to death. It's just really, um, if you're a fan of that medieval Tolkien setting, it Mythical really. Yeah. Fantasy. It really just satisfies all of those childhood dreams that you may have had in like the perfect video open world video game. And so. what was really cool, because I, I played, I think probably, I didn't play Skyrim as much as the previous one, mm-hmm. but Oblivion. Oblivion. Um, but what I really like compared to Oblivion was the progression system. It was you level up based on what you use. And what you like to play as, instead of like having picking eight stats that level up your main character level, yep. which dictates the difficulty of all monsters. So if you decide halfway through your mage is not a good idea, and you want to do swords, you still have to level up the mage to like progress your character's level. Yeah, and um, plus too the the way you equip skills when it was like that almost like universe. You know, like yeah, the constellations. Yeah, that was so unique and interesting yeah. for the time, and even I still I feel like it's that's still a great way of doing it. Yeah, it's so for awesome. the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it was what eight, seven years ago, which wow. crazy that Skyrim came out seven years ago, but yeah. um, but yeah, no, I, in every regard, I mean, I know people like really crap on the graphics at this point and just think it's an ugly looking game, and granted. Yeah, it's and really... Bethesda games are always going to be somewhat glitchy. Yeah, they're really not the best-looking games, but it's really the experience playing the game that I feel is most important. And what was really cool about the remastered version, or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. um, was you you were able to mod the graphics. And I haven't done that yet. Which you still... You have a long list <laughs> of things <laughs> to do. Yeah, I'm not Now that really you have time... Straggling. And, yeah. No, getting to upgrade and add different spells and... I think one of them was reviving NPCs because mm-hmm. it was always a pain where you're running through the wild and then a dragon swoops in and burns the person that you need to talk to. Yeah. Um, or like, because you kill, generally, I don't know if I'm different than you in this regard. You but, are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you, have you ever killed off the entire like winter hell or whatever, the first town you go into? I have not, but I, I would like to just, like, just go into a town and just wreck havoc. Yeah, not you get like overpowered stuff and you just, you're blowing up people, they're going yeah. flying. I haven't done that yet, but I definitely want to. People My... are complaining about their knees. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's funny too, coming across the arrow in the knee guy. Apparently um, that means marriage. I did not know but that an arrow in the knee is what they said, which actually makes marriage sound really bad. But like saying I took an arrow to the knee is means I got married in that kind of setting. setting. That time. I was um, like, oh, he's in battle. But no, he just took an arrow to the knee as a wife. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the last thing I'll mention is yeah. that you can play it portably now, which is un- unbelievable. We've mentioned the Switch like six times. Switches are good. Yeah, no, that, no that's the last thing I'll say. But... Um, yeah. You know, with Nintendo, you can get like you know the Hyrule Shield and the Master Sword and stuff. I think that's awesome. So that'll be one of my first Switch purchases. Um, but yeah. So without further ado, your number three. What is it? Yeah. So I, we're probably not going to spend much time on this because we already talked through it. But Uncharted Four. Yep. Um, I really like the single player, really well drawn out characters. Um, we we went yeah, on we kind of talked it to yeah. death already. So so but yeah, Uncharted Four is my number three. Play Uncharted Four for sure. Yes. Um. It's, so oh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, 
It's the equivalent because that was a launch. T- wasn't that a launch title, or it, it was, was slightly launch. off? Slightly, slightly after. Couple, um, yeah. So that's the equivalent for the Switch with the Zelda games. Yeah. Is the Uncharted Four was the like console seller at the time. Yep. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth playing. Good stuff. So my number two is another N sixty four game. Wow. Uh, had a lot of N sixty four games on here, um, rightfully and deservedly so. But this is a game that you just spat on and rubbed some dirt on it earlier was the legend of zelda ocarina of time so fortunately for me i experienced it when it was meant to be played unlike some people i can accept that and my uncle i watched him play three games okay i watched him play star wars shadow of the empire with one of the best named people characters of all time and it's already escaping me because i'm on the spot trying to remember it but performance anxiety yeah exactly what it's called yeah i think it's yeah. <laughs> but um yeah we're, we're gonna disregard that for a second golden eye was the other game i watched him play but then the third and most importantly was the legend of zelda ocarina of time and i just fell in love not even playing the game just watching him mm-hmm. and funny enough i didn't actually play through the entire game until i was in college when i got it for the 3ds um i watched him play through about 60 to 70 percent of the game um you know, on his own. Um, but when I got, you know, control of the sticks and I got to play it myself, it was, it was, for me, it was a magical experience. Cause that was like living it. Yeah. Cause that was again. Yeah, exactly. I was just completely transported back in time to back in time when <laughs> to play the game. Sorry, I'm terrible. Oh, at yikes. But, um, <laughs> you know, I put, and this was another game I didn't podcast while playing. I put my headphones in and I played with the 3D, not jacked all the way up, but it was, I felt, a really... It did benefit from it did, the 3D. Yeah, because very few, I feel like, 3DS games actually benefit from it. Usually you get a headache from Yeah, it. but I feel like Ocarina of Time did it very good, very well. Um, soundtrack, again, speaking of great soundtracks, mm-hmm. one of the greatest of all time. I actually just, I sent you a video the, the other day. I got the soundtrack on vinyl, uh, which is beautiful. Yeah, um, he did. <laughs> he did do that. But I also, you know, I have the soundtrack on CD. I listen to it all the time at work. While I'm driving, I'm a nerd. Ocarina of Time, one of the greatest games of all time. My number two, and that's pretty much all I need to say. I, no, I mean, the game has... <laughs> After I crap on it... The game has been talked to death. I mean, I really can't say anything more yeah. about it. Um, no, it's... I think plus the internet holds that in such high regard. Yeah, it's like so. one of the top Metacritic games ever. And most people that like video games enjoy it <laughs> anyone with any sense of <laughs> worth any chance i get to throw you under the bus about that i'm going to so you, you, what is what is your number two game of all time okay so this is a new one um it's god of war 4 wow you just I, finished this i did i know life this game it came out i got it friday yeah and we I, no, I, this is the first game that i took a half day at work <laughs> to like play through your dad gave you so much crap about oh that. no he yeah he did but, and I watched you play the first six hours. So, but go ahead. I'll yeah, I played six hours Friday. Like, I woke up early, like six o'clock, and played to like one a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, and then I beat it by three on Sunday. So it's it's a long game. I think the math is off, but I think it was like 25, 26 hours, which is completely different from the other God of War games. Yeah, you know? they were a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really goes away from that like button mashing, hack and slash kind of um, the combat. Well, first off, before I get into the combat, I really love mythology. Mm-hmm. So the Greek mythology was great, and I loved like 
painting Zeus as instead of this iconic pinnacle of everything, like going into the lore, he's actually just he's children with everyone and like <laughs> making him out to be a jerk and like betraying him, like because he he tried to kill his father. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting seeing that kind of manipulation of the mythology and then getting into the Norse mythology. So you got Thor, which the Marvel Universe is kind of going into. Spider-Man makes an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Spider-Man's yeah. in this game. Um, no, get to, getting to explore and see how, or seeing how the Norse gods deal with kind of this, ex, like this... Greek god coming into their territory, mm-hmm. which is just a portion of it. But then seeing, I think this is better than The Last of Us because The Last of Us, I think zombies are, even though we're going to play Last of Us and yeah. not to crap on that game too that people like, but um, the zombies are kind of overplayed mm-hmm. nowadays. No, I agree. Um, so getting to go through and see this character who was really rough around the edges. As a that's an understatement for sure in the first three games, and then seeing him have to deal with fatherhood and um, that progression of gaining some humanity from being just this ruthless killer, and then seeing over that thirty hour twenty whatever hour game, oh, it was so good. <laughs> it's I I mean it beats Uncharted by I mean one slot on this. Um, I think that's mainly because of the combat is more refined. You don't have the gun combat. It's more you got your I'm trying to spoil anything. Yeah. You got your Leviathan axe and being upgrade able to upgrade that and um, having it returned to you like uh, Thor's hammer, which is in that same mythology, which is awesome. Yeah, it's just, that was really cool. And there's so much like in the original games, you had the Blades of Chaos. Um, which were kind of like a whippy sword. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this uh, axe, there's so much power, and the each hit feels like you have so much weight behind it. Um, it's just it's super satisfying. Um, yeah. You were watching me play it, and you'll yeah. eventually have to play it, but I took it back because I wanted to play it. <laughs> play yeah, it you let me borrow it, and then you wanted to play it again. I'm a very good Indian giver. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I watched you play the first six hours, and I think, you know, what I... What I liked most about it was, you know, a couple things. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but the visceral, intense combat of it, but even more Boy. so. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, in the old games, they were also very intense. But what I loved about this, and it's also a reflection of the game itself, is that in the older games, it was almost like a top down view of Kratos. It was mm-hmm. kind of the camera was drawn out a little bit. But this is like you're almost like right over his shoulder. And I think, like, that's it's a, ref- a personal. It's a reflection of it being a more personal tale with his son. And just their journey together, his son. I like him, liken him a lot to um, Aang from the um, not Legend of Korra, but Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's, I think, he sounds like him. He's just very curious and makes witty, funny comments. And the banter between the two—it's so great. It's I mean, amazing. And and they, Santa Monica Studios or whoever makes yeah. that, yeah. It's it's really unreal that they were able to perfect that because it's so risky to bring like a childlike character into the game and have him not be annoying. And I feel like when you and I booted it up and they were hunting, and this isn't a spoiler, this is the first 10 minutes. Of the well, game. they played through it at E3, too. Yeah. So, it's... so he says, like, <laughs> his, he asks his father, Father, what are we going to be hunting today? He's like, Deer. And he's like, In which direction are they? And, he, and Kratos, just very gruffly, very seriously, monotone voice, 
in the direction of deer. And you <laughs> and I, like, wow, what a you jerk. and I just lost it, laughed, just rolling, laughing, and we were just like, yeah, this is gonna be a good game. Yeah. And and their relationship is gonna. And again, I haven't played the whole game, but I'm sure that you really grow attached to their relationship, and they, you know. Well, because I mean, throughout the game, obviously, it's not just a let's walk and accomplish this. It's not a normal escort mission either. Yeah. But it's not let's kind of walk through this they obviously go through some trials Mm -hmm. and through that the characters change um, both the boy and Kratos and you learn a lot about both the characters I'm trying not to spoil everything because that would it's so worth playing through and I would feel so bad spoiling any aspect of this but they pay off just as Uncharted paid off the previous three games this game does that by referencing Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The previous games. Yeah, no, I don't think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can't wait to play it. I'm glad you love it as much as you did. And I'm glad it's paid off for Santa Monica Studios and, and Sony so much for, for this series that's been however many years in the making. You yeah, know? It, it's like a 9.5 on Metacritic. Yeah. And it's worth watching after playing even just like five or six hours. The producer of the game... He was so nervous because he spent like what five years or however yeah. many years of his life making this and put you pour your soul into this type of game with yeah. this character progression and he had worked on the past three games, um, but he was it was basically his reaction looking at the Metacritic score. I heard about that. I didn't watch that video. Oh, it yeah. was like I was listening to it at work and like looking down and I was like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> like, but he's like he's like freaking out and you can see him like I I'm just been holding off on this for so much. Um, but he sees it as a 9.5 and he just starts crying. Yeah. And it was, it was such an, like an emotional, cause you know, it's like his kid who is really nurturing. Is, yeah. He's like, I mean, I feel like Kratos, like neglecting yeah. my kids and my wife doing this game. But yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. Yeah. No, that's really awesome. Um, cool. So I will play that at some point and report back to the podcast crew. Um, <laughs> like most of my top 10. <laughs> yeah. But moving into our number one game of all time. Um, I know for me, this there's a lot of nostalgia tied to this game, and if you followed my channel, my my Twitter, or really anything for any amount of time, you will know that my favorite game of all time is Kingdom Hearts for the original PlayStation Two. The first or the second? The first. I know you and I really had, you, you went back. Yeah, you and I talked about it, and I was kind of wavering back and forth because I recently played through um, the series again. I played through one, two, and I'm playing through Birth by Sleep uh, now, all on the um, the 1.5, 2.5. Whatever numbers and fractions, <laughs> yeah. decimals or whatever. Yeah, uh, on the PS4. Um, but when I experienced one for the first time, one of my closest friends had two older brothers, and they just had an unbelievable number of video games. They had the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Genesis. You know, they had all the video games, and... That's where a lot of my experience playing some of these games stems from. But we went down in their basement one time, and their older brothers were playing um, one of the optional bosses that you unlock once you beat the game. And they were in, in Neverland, and they were flying and fighting alongside Donald and Goofy, this this you know very Japanese-inspired character um, named Sora. I didn't know what his name was, but he was holding this keyblade and flying, fighting alongside these Disney characters, this giant weird creature thing and I just was so mesmerized by these Disney characters fighting alongside this 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 kid I mean the whole thing just didn't even make sense to me and I think the very idea of fusing Disney and Final Fantasy doesn't make sense 
But that's almost why it works, and that's why I love it so much, because Final Fantasy, I hadn't played any of the games up to this point, but of course, I grew up with Disney. I, I mean, The Lion King is one of my favorite movies of all time. From the 90s especially, those Disney movies are really, um, in my opinion, the pinnacle of, of Disney. But being able to go into those worlds and not only play through some of the storylines of those those movies, but even better than that, you get to fight alongside Peter Pan. You get to fight alongside you know Aladdin, and then you can even summon characters like Bambi and Simba and the dragon from Mulan. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Mushu. 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 Um, it was really unbelievable for me to be able to to do that. And I think also why why I love the game so much and I hold it in such high regard is is that nostalgia factor because my parents they got divorced when I was younger. My mom worked a lot of long hours at a hair salon, so oftentimes she'd pick my sister and I up from school. We'd hit the, hit up the gas station and I'd get a thirty two ounce Polar Pop, and we'd go into the back of her shop and I had this little twenty inch CRT TV with my PlayStation two hooked up. My sister would just sit there and watch me get lost in the world of Kingdom Hearts, and so. Um, I love it for that. Um, you know, I replayed it multiple times since then, and I still hold it in the highest of regards. And I cannot wait to play Kingdom Hearts three. They say it's yeah. going to come out this year. I feel like it's probably going to be more of like a March, uh, spring release next year. But regardless, <laughs> in the next year or so, I'm gonna be able to play Kingdom Hearts three, and it's it is sixteen years coming because 2002 was when the original Kingdom Hearts game came out. So. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I hope, you know... Is this the game that your mom took away from you because you spent too many hours playing? <laughs> there are two games that my mom did that with. It's Kingdom Hearts and then Sims the Herbs on the GBA. I don't know why, but I just... I got completely addicted to that game. So, yeah. Only two times my mom has had to take me away from the TV and it, Kingdom Hearts is one of them and for, for good reason. So Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good game. Uh, you convinced me during Easter. <laughs> that was hilarious. During Easter dinner. To, you're like, dude, you should play Kingdom Hearts. Because originally I would gotten it, and you saw it on PS3. Yeah. And I never made it off the first island. Like, <laughs> I was, I thought I had to fight everyone on the island. Yeah. And, like, beat everyone. And I could not. There was just a race that I couldn't win well and or consistently. And then the boat wasn't named after me. <laughs> and then Riku was just overpowered and slaughtered me. Yeah. Um. But you convinced me over ham and, <laughs> and green beans. Green bean casserole. Yeah. And um, so we went out and just abandoned our family. We literally, after Easter dinner, were just like, just went to the car, got in, went to Walmart, picked up a copy. Of, no, Whoa. no, no. They were out. You're right. They were right. out and we were pissed and we were going to find it before we returned home. So we more. went to a game slop and we <laughs> found it. We, you went right in, man. You'd like... I was on a mission. You were tunnel vision. He was like, can I help you with anything? Kingdom Hearts. Didn't even <laughs> let him finish. Yeah. <laughs> no, because he was going to try to direct me to some other game. Yeah, he was going to make you pre-order like 15 other games. And... Yeah. No, I know what I want. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I played... You you were ahead of me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I played through the first one and then the second one in there. In a matter of like two weeks, we both... It I think was, it took a week to beat each one. Yeah, and it was so. I fun. lost a lot of sleep. Yeah, but it was so fun to to have you experience it for the first time, and then just like as you're going through it, too. and yeah, and to play through it together, but then texting each other back and forth, like, oh, I made it here. I'd send you a picture of a keyblade, or you'd send me a picture of a keyblade, and it was just this awesome. Yeah. Did you get this one? Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, so it was just really cool yeah. for us to to play through that together. But uh, enough about Kingdom Hearts. 
Let's not delay the listeners any longer. What is your number one game of all time? I think I know what it is. Yeah, my my favorite game of all time is kind of breaking from the single player, like story driven, in some regards. But it's uh, Bloodborne is my favorite game. Um, so kind of along the same lines of Dark Souls, um, but it's a different setting. So. In Dark Souls 3, you had the medieval setting, and in this game, um, I don't get as excited as Rusty. He's more, he's a lot louder than I am. That's, that's I, why we have the diversity of the, the yeah, co-hosts yeah. here. Um, it's also not as happy as uh, his number one game. Um, but I like it, death. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase why I like this game yeah. and not sound, make it sound like I like just mass disease. Um, but... Yeah, it's in like a renaissance. You have that kind of gothic style cathedrals and these giant churches. And it's just beautifully laid out. And kind of the general premise of the game is you're a hunter who's from like a different land. And you come in and there's this like bloodborne, which the way that they spell it, I I think halfway through the game I realized that it's bloodborne illness is the way that they spell born. Mm. Instead of like born like... yeah coming into this world yeah um so it's like a bloodborne illness um and there's a I'm, i don't want to spoil it because there's a youtuber it's a vitividia who goes into the like it's worth listening to his explanation you're like deep into the lore and everything. yeah he because he basically compiles with the help of other youtubers all of the lore and stuff that you would take hundreds of hours to figure out yeah through like items and like listening to everyone talking around the world but he walks through this really complex this is how this bloodborne illness happened and you have different um like like it's the blood healing church so originally it was meant for good but it kind of got out of hand and you're kind of the hunter sent in to deal with it yeah and it's they go f- i think my favorite boss in that is one of the dlc um, bosses, but throughout the game you fight hunters who fight the same way you do, which is really jarring because you're quickly dodging around and then you have to fight like a giant beast. So it's completely different than how you play because it's swinging its hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then fighting a hunter who uses a gun and a, a sword or a weapon just like you do, it feels like you're fighting other players. Yeah. And then you have, which is really unique to Bloodborne and the Souls games, um, you can have random players throughout the world invade your world and try to kill you. Which, the first time that happened, I, I freaked out. Because <laughs> there's just this guy who's really, really good. I was like, okay, this is unfair. Like, <laughs> I, I know it's a hard game, but this is unfair. And they try to kill you and they take your souls, which is the way that you level up. Mm-hmm. So you have like a main currency. Um, oh, it's... It's intense, and nothing really compares to that when you're walking through an area just trying to explore these vast cities with that gothic kind of old style, and you walk into this open area, and you're like, oh, this, we're good. I know there's <laughs> going to be some little guys, and then there's a cutscene, and you're in a boss area, and you're not prepared, and you have thousands of souls, and you're... You're not prepared at all. And yeah. you lose it all because you're just trying to... You're getting engrossed in the atmosphere. And I think this is... I mean, as far as atmosphere goes, it builds it so well with the sounds. And 
I don't want to say like death and like disease around you, but at the same time, like all the monsters that you're fighting in this game used to be people mm-hmm. that were kind of corrupted by this illness. And uh, it's that's brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I think there's very, and I was going to say this during Dark, your Dark Souls 3 um, talk, but it's, there's, I think there's very few comparable games where the world building is so robust. It's so, it's just, it's almost perfect, you know, the way that the, the level of detail that goes into crafting the world, but even more so, some of these bosses and monsters that you come across, like, I don't think I'm gonna spoil, but one of that that eye boss lady that I beat for you, that, <laughs> you didn't beat it for me. I could. We were switching off. Yeah, it was like just ridiculous, you know. And even if you read it, into it, the lore about that and why there's so many eyes on her, is just like what? Like yeah. who comes up with this stuff? Yeah, you know, and it's it, it's actually God of War four designed is kind of it's, um, or I guess what Bloodborne does well is the layout of the cities they all weave back on itself so you go through an area and then you open up a door that allows you to quickly go through a passage to get back to a previous area yeah and listening to the directors of god of war 4 they designed a lot of those areas to loop back on themselves and kind of open up those other passages yeah and it's it's interesting to see where that newer games are like dealing with that or like taking some of those elements of the more like visceral attacks from like bloodborne or the layout mm-hmm. um yeah no it's it's been a lot of fun to see you play through this series i think it was it's your fault again <laughs> i know just like you were like oh yeah bloodborne it's cool and i was like yeah okay whatever yeah Rusty. no but it was so cool like when we that night i came over and just like passing the sticks each time we died i feel like that's such a great way to play through those games especially because they are intimidating you know they're very um and to to just you know, go in head first on those games by yourself. It's definitely not easy, um, or for the faint of heart. So it's fun for us to play together. But even more, more than that, like when I would come over and you would just spend like 15 minutes to show me these different weapons and armor sets that you've gotten, and just, just to see your excitement talking about it. But even more so, just like looking at it, which was like, this is insane. What's, this is awesome. Yeah. You know? What's really cool between Bloodborne and like Dark Souls? Dark Souls have hundreds of weapons. Mm-hmm. What Bloodborne does really well is it gives you maybe 25 weapons which doesn't seem like a lot but each weapon has two forms yeah that was multiple like one one is a heavier attack and then it kind of like you have this curved sword that you can turn into a scythe yeah so you have two drastically different versions of this weapon so it basically instead of having 25 weapons you have 50 yeah um, you have like a regular longsword that turns into this two-handed, just crazy mallet of death. Yeah, oh, it's so good. No, that's that's awesome. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. You know, like the last 15 games in your list. Um, I'll get to it someday. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, you own that one. Too, I know. I like do. most of the ones that I mentioned. I, it was funny though. When I I went out to Walmart one day when I was studying for my exam. Because uh, I needed to get that out was the like house. the day before you took a test too. You're like, I just got Bloodborne. Yeah, well, so I, I put the case of Bloodborne right in front of like next to my computer and my study materials. So each time I'd like start to get like tired or like you know just completely worn out from studying, I'd look over Bloodborne and, like I'll get to play you soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was like that extra motivation, even though I never played it. So yeah, you went from I'm get to play you soon to Bloodborne and to like. Disney characters. (laughs) I'm always happy to go back to Kingdom Hearts. But um, no, wow, that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. So we talked about our top 10 games of all time. Um, We wanted to give you guys as the listeners um, kind of a a little look into some of the the games that we both enjoy and 
and also just kind of to see the diversity in our opinions as far as which games um Ocarina time is we like great. <laughs> yeah exactly you know we're not just like robots over here like mario zelda you know you know we're not though mario and zelda were on your top 10 yeah no but shut top up. five shut up shut up um i but, didn't have one so yeah no, uh, you had breath of the wild yeah okay you, you well, don't have any it's talk it's um, but we wanted to just kind of you know see or show you guys some of the games we like um so you guys have an idea of uh the diversity in the co-hosts here so we're super excited about the future of the show. Uh, again, today was just a look into the games we like. Um, we have a lot of different um, reoccurring segments that we will plan for the show. You know, games we've been playing recently, uh, news. We want to do a mailbag. So this is a chance for us to kind of plug um, our email. So if you guys want to send us a question or even suggestions, um, this is our first time recording. So if the audio was off, or if there's, you know, Ryan needs to stop moving around and jiggling the table and hearing that squeak. If you yeah, need that, <laughs> as I'm doing it right now. Yeah. If you need that a little bit less in your your ears as you commute to work and school, let us know. The email address is Otaku Brothers Podcast. Can you spell Otaku? It's O T A K U. Okay. And then Brothers Podcast. There's no spaces. Um, not that I think any of that. Ma- well, that definitely matters. But there's no, <laughs> there's no capital uh, capitalizations or anything like that. Um, so there's going to be a link in the show notes for all of that. I also just want to do a tremendous shout out and thank you to, again, coming back to All Gen Gamers, someone who is very well versed in the audio space. Jason Heine over at Heine House Entertainment. He's doing some tremendous things um, professionally, recording music. Um, but he also has a music games, and I'm totally blanking on the name of his podcast. Music Games and Gear is the name of his podcast. He's doing a really great show over there, so all of that will also be in the link to the show notes. But he, thankfully, and Jason, I, I want to thank you directly for recording the intro to this podcast. So if you guys enjoyed that, hearing that sultry voice of his introduce this <laughs> podcast, head over to his um, his show. He also has recorded some great music, so... All the links to that stuff will be in the show notes to this podcast. I also want to plug um, Mark. He did the logo for our show, and he has some tremendous artwork um, that he's done for himself professionally as well. So the link to his website will be in the show notes. And you can find me on Twitter at RELewis2011. Do you Facegrams? Do you... Do you do you tweet? Do you? Uh, I don't tweet well. Instaface, yeah. face, Facegrams. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? You want to plug? I probably should for next time, so yeah. I will probably have that information. You'll set up that. Twitter <laughs> I'll set account. up some stuff. Awesome. So yeah, my current Twitter is. Feel free to reach out to me directly on Twitter at Ari Lewis 2011. Again, drop us a few comments, any feedback you guys want to lead um, on iTunes directly. You guys can leave us reviews. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> give us a thumbs down. Give for, us a thumbs down for Ocarina of Time. Tell us how much we suck. Our taste in video games is very <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah, we appreciate <laughs> the hate, <laughs> the feedback, good and bad. So yeah. again, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys. We'll be recording this podcast every two weeks, um, unless we tell you otherwise. So or else, unless demand requires otherwise. Yeah, as you well. know that. RL, you know, sometimes yeah. it's going to come back to, to bite us. We might yeah. have to, to work is to focus great. on RL. So um, we'll make sure to keep you guys up to date on Twitter and um, everything else that we're going to be communicating to you guys on this podcast. So 
Thank you guys again for listening. Yeah, thank you. Rambling. And we will see you guys next time. See ya.